Jones, and welcome to a celebratory podcast of Fishing Without Bait. Uh, I would like everyone to know that I'm celebrating 22 years of being clean and sober today. And in the... Roll that back a minute. I want to... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I want to... Because we are going to celebrate. Okay. Celebrate. Your energy, I, 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 like this is an accomplishment. Okay, and I, I, this is in the show. This is in the show. We're doing this. Okay. Um, I want to celebrate and and add some enthusiasm, and I want to give you as a longtime friend and producer <laughs> of this show, congratulations, Jim. Okay. Is in order. Thank you, thank you, Mike. So, in the twelve-step world, what we do is we differentiate between a belly button birthday. Mm -hmm. which is when we come out of our mother's womb, and then we have our clean and sober anniversary, which is the day that we became alive, Mike. The day we became alive, and as important, of course, as the birth date is, the belly button birthday, it's much more important for us in the 12-step world to participate in our what we call our rebirth. Mm -hmm. And... On Twitter today, I recalled that day 22 years ago when I lay prostate on my bedroom floor in the middle of the night, completely despondent, completely without hope. And I called out with the most sincere, you could call it a prayer, that every person in addiction, I hope at some point, gets to. And that is, I'm done Please help me. It's not so much, Mike, that I was done with drugs and alcohol. I was done. There was nothing left. There was no more tears to shed. And I received help that night. I can't explain it. I don't know what happened. However, the next morning, uh, my obsession to use drugs and alcohol was lifted from me. So in that case, most people would have said, that's like getting a nice bank loan. Oh, well, now we got that. We can go on our merry way. However, in the 12-step world, Mike, what we say is we are not cured. What we have is a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, some type of spiritual connection with something, Mike. And quite often we hear so much about What's wrong with people in addiction? What's wrong with this world? Why do people do that? And we spend less time focusing on the positive aspects of 12-step recovery, any type of recovery, and the success stories, the rebirth stories, the phoenix rising from the ashes, Mike. Uh, And my story isn't unique. It's not unique. It's my own, of course. However, it's not unique. I'm suspecting that there's been some epiphanies in your life, some place in your life where you've became reborn and you weren't that person anymore. Absolutely. So, and it sounds like you know, to kind of you know, as somebody who hasn't gone through you know the experiences that you have uh, in this vein, uh, you know, it, it sounds like what happens when you know something just something just kind of clicks in your brain and. Um, you know, whether, you know, whatever gives you the strength, whatever kind of makes, connects those dots that make you follow, you know, whether it be the 12 step or whatever that is that keeps you away from that vice, right? 
That's correct. And I make it clear, uh, especially to my patients, that I'm a 12-step guy. Mm -hmm. And if you choose not to participate in that, that's perfectly fine. However, I make absolutely no apologies at all for letting a person know that I use 12-step recovery behavioral techniques. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, is this a big day? Yes, it is. Uh, we all recall. Mike, I imagine that you recall the first day that you set up and got out of the wage earner world into being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's it, that first day is so important, but then doesn't every day afterwards become just as important because every you have day. to continue and work at it. Every day. Every day is a day in which we set our sights forward. Every day is a day in which we can experience, evolve, and bloom. That's what we encourage, Mike. We mm-hmm. encourage people to bloom. And when you enter into this new life, like we've talked before on the triggers, the people, places, things, and boredom, the, the choices that we make, the people, places, and things that we choose to place ourselves in that nourish us and grow us, and avoiding the places where it's the opposite, Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we find out what doesn't work. However, how many times do we keep going back to that same door and keep knocking on it, thinking that it's going to open? It's not going to open. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is not. I would suspect that you've learned a whole m- many things on what to do. I would suspect you've learned more about what not to do. Absolutely. And that's kind of a part of that, that day-to-day work and the day-to-day challenge, isn't it? Is, is um, still uh, um, putting those in your toolbox. Yes. And as we go along this journey, it's lowering of our ego and understanding that I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And what we work on is confidence, confidence rather than arrogance, Okay. Uh, I know that I'm eligible. I know that if I don't maintain this recovery, that there's a chance that I could go back out again. There's a chance. Now, that's not a mind of fear, Mike. That's a mind of awareness. Okay? Absolutely. It's kind of a, uh, 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 your senses, uh, (laughs) I want to use the term, the, the, the spidey sense is tingling a little bit, but it is like, that awareness has been enhanced a little bit. Right. The awareness, when we talk about people having your eyes wide open, we've done Mm -hmm. so many podcasts Mm -hmm. on eyes wide open, having a clear mind, and the difference between worry and concern, Mike. And it's a difference between saying that over and over and then um, knowing what that means, how that feels, how that connects. I I recently uh, uh, was talking with somebody trying to do a wrestling promo, and I was like, you know, hey, you don't know what you're doing to make you look mean and, 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 and you know, do what you want to do. Uh, look in the mirror and, and learn what that feeling is, right? It, you know, the, what, is, what do you feel like your face doing? And you, you know that's the good thing. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I, like, I, I, the, the example I gave is like the rock does the eyebrow. Uh. You think he knows where his eyebrow is? He did that <laughs> in the mirror how many times and know, okay, if I, if I, my muscle, that it feels like if I do this, 
I'm doing a really bad one here if you're on video. Uh, you know, I know this looks cool and everybody reacts. You know, and I, now I can do that, and it's practice. It's practice. It's practice. It's learning. It's feeling. It's it's bringing that all together um, into kind of the whole, the package. In this case, that is you. Well, when we're out there in our addiction, and we often talk to people about the concept that everybody is in recovery from something. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that type of mindset, Mike, the abnormal becomes the normal. And, yes. And according to the literature, we cannot differentiate the true from the false. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we become what we call delusional thinking. And that's holding on to firm, fixed beliefs, despite solid evidence to the contrary. Okay. And that's what keeps you from moving on. That's correct. We get stuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And our minds are wonderful things. However, at that time, our mind can be more of an enemy than an ally. Mm-hmm. So rather than banish your uh, banish your mind to the far corner and not let it have supper, uh, you try to make it into your ally, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To make it your friend rather than your enemy. And it's the same way with time. It's more than uh, just blaming your head and what's going on inside it. It's more understanding working alongside. That's yes. correct. And understand that we don't have to figure everything out mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. okay? We don't have to fix things. We don't have to fix people. We want to we want to be understanding and tolerant and understand. Quite often, Mike, what we say is when people say, oh, I tried to help them. I told them what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't listen to me. I'm so upset. And I usually just say one thing to them. I'd say, were you invited? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you invited? Quite often, we aren't invited to share our opinions or to fix things or to step in the middle of drama. And they feel if it was just presented, why didn't they take it? That's on them now. But it's 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 like it needs to be sort of special delivered, doesn't it? Absolutely. So quite often people will call me and they'll say, can you see my son? Can you see my daughter? Can you see my husband? Can you see my wife? And I said, and I usually say, okay, well, I have one condition. Mm-hmm. Do they have the willingness to try? Mm -hmm. Do they know that you're talking to me? Mm -hmm. Or are they coming here at gunpoint? Mm -hmm. So It's a part of an ultimatum. Right. We can never force anybody into anything. Uh, Mike, I'm going to send you to a a tutor. You're doing terrible in math. I've I've got a tutor lined up for you. How's that going to work out for you, bud? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I, we've seen this, you know, there's, there's, you know, all you can do is encourage and, and, um, to me, and I don't know if it's the right method. Like it, it's kind of a certain people, every time a subject comes up, I, I just kind of reiterate the thing. And, and, uh, in some cases, eventually it, it clicks, you know, and I know saying it today might not be the thing that helps them click. Um, but I'm hoping one of the times will be the right time for them to hear that. Yes, and we never know when that, in the 12-step world, Mike, we call that planting seeds. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea when that seed is going to germinate. Absolutely, absolutely. And it may germinate, and you may never know it. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. but you've planted that. Yeah, not everybody's going to realize that came from you. And that's okay. 
You know, you don't, you don't need credit for it. And what matters is the person got over that hump. Well, and then when Dr. Silkworth talks about the 12-step program in Alcoholics Anonymous, the book called The Doctor's Opinion, and the chapter called The Doctor's Opinion, or actually uh, in The Doctor's Opinion, in the preface of the book, Dr. Silkworth talks about the altruistic efforts of these individuals who expect absolutely nothing in return. And he makes one of the strongest statements I've ever heard by a uh, medical doctor by saying, you may rely absolutely on anything they say. How would you like to have somebody that much trust and confidence in someone that you can say, I'm going to send you to this person and you can rely absolutely on anything that That they say. That is an amazing level of trust. Yes, it is. um, Unfortunately, I think a lot of us don't really ascribe to too many people uh, mm-hmm. through through uh, circumstance or, or how we trust people. And so in my instance, when I had this revolutionary experience, this, this epiphany, this encounter, uh, I knew that I had to follow it up. Okay, And if you remember what I did in, in my story was the next morning when I got out of bed, I realized that I had to make see one person, and that was my mother. Uh, And keep in mind that when we're out there running, we change the rules. We don't don't follow the other people's rules. Uh, So when I would go visit her, uh, it would would make me feel uncomfortable. Not that she would yell at me or judge me, uh, but it would make me feel uncomfortable. So rather than stop or moderate what I was doing, I just stopped going to see her. Okay? Stopped going to see her. Occasionally checking by phone, whatever. But that morning, I sh- early in the morning, I showed up at her house and I walked into her kitchen and she came in there and she looked at me and said, uh, Jimmy, what are you doing here? And I said, Mom, I've got something to tell you. And she said, oh, no, what now? Because keep it in mind that during those times, those, those troubled years, I was not a member of the Golden Rule Club. You didn't come with a lot of good news at that point, I understand. Uh, no, the, the, the bad news was usually delivered either by myself or by other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I said, Mom, I said, sit down at the table. And, uh, you know, the old woman sat down at the table. She's gone now. But I sat and held her hand, Mike, and I looked at her right in the eyes and looked, looked people in the eyes when you want to talk to them. And I said, I'm not going to promise you anything, and please do not promise anything. What I told her was that I was going to try. I told her I was going to stop, and I was going to go to, in this case, I was going to go to AA and get involved in 12-step recovery. And, you know, that old woman just laid her head on that table and cried and cried. And then she held her hands up, and she said, thank you, God, how I've prayed for this day. And it wasn't until that moment that I had any conception of how much harm I'd done in my life. Selfishness and self-centeredness was the root of my trouble. I sat back in that chair and I thought, my God, what have I done to this woman? What have I, what have I done to this world? What have I done to my children? What have I done to myself? And those thoughts and feelings are overwhelming. And my suggestion out there for everyone is to get some help. I sought help not only through therapy, Actually, I ended up in another psychiatric hospital, but that's a story for another day. And uh, But I got into 12-step recovery, and I got involved with people who cared, who cared deeply about me and about recovery. And uh, one, of them, one of them, their name was, uh, his name was Sam Heckle. 
And he was one of the finest human beings that ever walked the face of the earth. He he took me everywhere with him. He kept boundaries. He, he held me uh, accountable. Uh, and there's a difference between what I consider tough love, okay? Some people consider tough love being cutting someone off, getting them out of their life, not speaking to them, ostracizing them. Well, I don't think that's helpful. What I consider tough love is not enabling behavior. And Sam would not enable my behavior. And when uh, I would get out of line, he would, he'd call me out on it too. But he never left my He took me everywhere with him. We went to all types of meetings. <laughs> and I was with him the night before he died. I sat in his room with him, and he was preparing to cross over. And the last words, the last words he said to me, it's getting late, Jimmy. Be careful driving home. I love you. And I said, I love you, Sam, now and forever. And my fervent wish out there is for everyone to have a Sam Heckle in their life. Have you ever had a Sam Heckle in your life, uh, Mike? Uh, man, I'm not, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure after uh, 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 hearing that uh, to what extent I have, um, you know, a little bit of soul searching. I, I loved him absolutely more than any, any human being on mm-hmm. earth. Mm-hmm. And people say, you know, if you cross over to the other side, uh, who do you expect to see? And some people say their mother, their father, whatever, mm-hmm. maybe their pet dog. My fervent wish is to see Sam Heckle, is to be with him again. My my strongest fervent desire. Absolutely. That's what I have. Uh, I can tell you this. My, my daughter has her time of troubles, too. And I, uh, I, that's what I, that's what I wished her. I said, Anna, my hope is for you is that you have a Sam Heckle in your life also. Isn't that wonderful mm-hmm. that you could have somebody like that in your life? Like you have that connection. It's amazing. Amazing. So if you don't have a Sam Heckle in your life, I would suggest that you start looking. Okay. And be open, be open and keep in mind that just as Sam gave so freely to me and to others, it's my responsibility, my re- absolute responsibility to return that. Gratitude's an action word, Mike. It must go forward. It must. Okay? What type of a person would I be or anyone else if I had a possible remedy and a cure for something and I kept it all for myself? Mm-hmm. But you've been you've been charged with this you've absolutely. Been, yes. So in Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the twelve step program that I have dived into, uh, there's a responsibility pledge that says anyone, anywhere, anytime reaches out. I want the hand of AA to be there, and for that I am responsible. And we sign that oath, not literally, but figuratively in blood. Because that's incredibly important. What's more important than assisting someone? And there's no greater joy or payment or 
benefit than seeing the light come on in somebody's eyes. So quite often, I think I did, uh, Missy and I, your wife, we did a program, a show once on uh, what's important, okay? And that's what, that's what in my counseling practice, that's what I try to do is to help people figure out what's important. We're spiritual beings, Mike. We happen to be having a human experience, and life is absurd. And I generally tell my patients that once they grasp those concepts, that our work is done. How far on the road to figuring out what's important have you journeyed down there, Brother Sorg? <laughs> still in process. Still in process. Yes, sir. it is. Yes. It is. It, it, it certainly is. So keep in mind that there there is no prize for being the richest person in the cemetery. None at all. There's an old joke that says, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearst. Okay? So it's important that we do the next right thing. And in a 12-step world, our concept, our purpose is we preface everything by saying, what's the next right thing to do? I love that concept. I love that concept. It, it is, It is. A, you know, I, I think for me, I get stuck in, you know, I got to do the next thing, got to do the next thing, but the next right thing, that kind of sticks a little bit more. Yes. Well, what, what should we do? What's the next right thing to do? Not 10 steps ahead. What's the next right thing to do? So I've shared this on my story. I've shared this otherwise to other people just to show the this concept of compassion. Okay, And my great uncle, he is my great grandfather and your brother. They, they were butchers, they had cattle people uh, in a small town, Catanning, Pennsylvania. And Harry, with his brothers working for him, ran what would then would be called a department store in the early 1900s. And naturally, people would buy things on credit, uh, and that's how merchants sold. So when the Depression came, uh, people were returning couches, people were returning appliances, uh, furniture, cribs. Uh, and I think that's what really got Harry when somebody returned a crib and they says, Mr. Ellermeyer, we can't pay for this. We're, we're going to, we kept it in good shape. And he, <laughs> he gave it back to them, of course. And the next day in the paper, he put a, put an ad in the, in the daily leader times that said, I, Harry Ellermeyer, as of this date, forgive all debts, both business and personal. And isn't isn't that a story that's that that could be relatable as people are dealing with things currently uh, as well? Yes. Mm. Well, the banks weren't as kind and compassionate as Harry. Okay, so he lost his business. And when my father was a young man, he told me this story many times uh, that he was sitting in a room when some people were asking Harry, Harry, why did you do it? Uh, and Harry, he answered, and Harry answered, because it was the right thing to do. So on Memorial Day, when we go up to the cemeteries, my cousins and I, and we take care, I always tell that story. And I always end it with, Harry may not be the richest person in this cemetery. 
However, he may be the best person. So what do you want to be remembered as, Mike? You want to be remembered as the richest person or the best person? What's Abraham Lincoln remembered as? As uh, as for what he did for other people. Yes. Yeah. He was remembered as a best person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And remembered as a best person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we have to step back and look at. Step back and look at. Take stock, and we talk about taking inventory in a 12-step world. And what's important, uh, how many times has somebody screwed somebody out of something else <laughs> and said, well, that's business? Yeah. That's yeah. business. Yeah. Mm. You hear that You hear that a lot from, from, from certain sections of the business world. Yeah. Well, this, sure. isn't, this isn't personal. It's business. Uh, or, or if something uh, is unfair. We're like, well, that's 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 the world. The world's not fair. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Or that's just just it until it seemingly until it happens to them. So we seem to uh, exonerate or gloss over a lot of a person's defects, character defects, and sins. Is saying, well, he's a he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. He's a businessman. He cheated all these people out of all this. Well, he's he's a he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. He's running his business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. So we don't we don't have to choose to be around those people. And even in a 12-step world, Mike, uh, of course, not everybody's on the same agenda. And there are many people with a bazillion years of time who we say in a 12-step world, I don't want what they have. Okay. So you're in the media production business, and I would probably suspect that you've become acquainted with and aware of people who monetarily and materially are very successful. However, however, maybe you've encountered some of that and said, you know what, I'm not willing to do what they do to get that. There is a certain portion of, um, I, I know I would be a, "Quote unquote," more successful business if I did certain things, but I don't have it in me to do that. Uh, not you know being lazy, but in the uh, ethics, you know, and 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 you know, no, I don't want to be that kind of business. That's not why I'm here. Right. You know. Right. And and again, I often refer back to Safter Chaudhry, and one of his. One of his rules were for us to follow was that we treat our patients just the same way that we would want our mother, our father, or brother, or sister treated. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, many times I would be sitting there, it would be six or seven o'clock in the evening, and someone would call about their son or their daughter, and Doc would say, Bring them in. Bring them in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we cross over whatever happens, Mike, and these are my own thoughts, that's all. No one has to follow them or criticize me for them either. That the creator may not ask you, uh, what did you do? Um, Were you rich? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you lie? Did you cheat? Did you steal? I think perhaps the creator might say, I gave you gifts, talents, and abilities. What would you do with them? And I ask people, are you going to have an answer? You're going to have an answer for that. 
So I'm appreciative of everyone listening to this program. I'm extremely grateful uh, to be alive and in a position to carry the message. And at the end of every podcast, we always say, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens, my friend. Find yourself a Sam Ackle. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.